Welcome to the Branches Podcast. Following the lead of Jesus, we seek to embrace people regardless of their background or their present ground in the hope they find holy ground. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about the reckless love of Jesus or our community of faith, please visit our website at branchesoc.com. So I want to welcome in and let you know where we've been so you know where we're going. We've been talking about the voices of Christmas that get in the way of the voice of Christmas. I'll share a little bit more about that as we go through the night. Um, But I wanted to ask you to join me in prayer as we get started. Um, And before I pray, the video that we're about to show you, it has to do with the theme of where we've been headed. So if it throws you off, sorry. (laughs) Father God, you are good. And uh, we gather tonight, not for good news, but for great news. May we honor you with our hearts and our minds, and give us ears to hear the voice. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So I want to give you a little bit of a guideline on where we're going tonight, but to kind of give you a picture of where we're headed, I want to do this. I want you to imagine, and you probably don't have to imagine too much this happening because it's actually something similar to this has happened before. I want you to imagine someone walking through the back right now. So look back there where that red exit sign is. Imagine someone coming through there, and they just keep walking. And so they walk all the way up here, and they come up to these stairs, and as you're watching them walk, they're like dressed a little bit different. In fact, you know from just the way they're dressed, they're just not from around here. And I don't mean like, oh, they must be from Missouri, or maybe they're from Maine. No, I mean, they're not from around here. They're like from another country. And so they come in, and they just keep coming, and the usher's like, I don't know what to do. What are we doing? And they walk up and just stand next to me and go, is Jesus here? It's going down, isn't it? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this person wants to to make a decision to follow Jesus. This is amazing. And some of you that are believers are like, oh, this is beautiful on Christmas Eve, Eve, except as they walk up and we're talking, they say, well, how did you know? How did you know about, what's, well, Jesus is supposed to be here tonight because I saw it in the stars. Then automatically in all of your heads, you're thinking, does this church have protocol for when people just start charging the stage and saying crazy stuff? So you start looking to see if ushers are going to come and bum rush the person and take them down. Isn't that exactly what happened when the Magi came to King Herod and said, where's the Messiah? We saw it in the stars. The Magi were scientists. They were, they were astronomers. That's why they're called the wise men. And by the way, we don't know how many they were. So if you're like, oh, there's three of them, check your Bible again. doesn't say. We just know there's more than one. But they come, and they come to this king. But he doesn't kick them out. He's like, oh, really? Because he trusts that in some way, they know what they're talking about. Because God speaks to all of us in different ways. To the Magi, he spoke to them through science. Moses, it was out in nature. If you think of Mary, when she heard about this miracle that should have been absolute craziness. Wait, I'm pregnant? What? God's voice had to speak to her in tenderness. But with Joseph, 
The Holy Spirit had to take a different approach. God had to speak differently to him. He had to be direct. In fact, let me send this angel, because you need to wake up. Like, this is going down. This is happening. And you need to get back together with Mary because I'm doing this. He needed to hear it in a way that he could understand. And that's how it's been from the beginning. God is the voice. Can you show, please, JT, I want to show you the verse that we've been focusing on. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. And many of you may know this passage. It says, in the beginning was the word. If you don't know, it's the very first words. Very first couple chapters in Genesis. And in this, God says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. I highlighted that word because the original word that's there is in Greek. And it can be translated in different ways. And one of the translations we're using, it translates that word logos, it transfers it as the voice. So it would sound like this. In the beginning was the voice. And the voice was with God, and the voice was God. He was with God in the beginning. That's talking about Jesus, which is the same thing that it says in Genesis chapter 2. In the beginning. So John is recreating this, saying, look, Jesus was there in the beginning. And then they go on, John goes on to share all that Christ did. God speaks to all of us in different ways ways. To Elijah, he spoke in silence. Samuel, he had to hear an audible voice. They needed God to speak in a language they could understand. King David had to hear through a friend because he couldn't listen any other way, so he had to have a friend. God spoke through his friend to tell David what he needed to hear. To many of us, we've heard God's voice through suffering. Some of us have seen it through miracles. But bottom line, God's going to speak to us in a way so that we can understand. And for everyone, Branch's family and all of our visitors, we want you to know that God's voice is alive today. This isn't just something that happened. We're not just celebrating that Jesus came at one time, but that the voice of God is still speaking today. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a couple other people come up tonight, throughout the night, and they're going to share. There's going to be three of us. They're going to share when we heard God's voice and we knew it was him. The voice that was in the beginning, that was with God and is God. So I want you to see this last verse, 1 John, same writer, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, because this is what we're hoping you're going to leave thinking about and knowing. If you go to the next slide, John. The word that gives life was from the beginning, and this is the one our message is about. What John is saying here is what we could be saying. These could be our words, those of us here at Branches. Our ears have heard, our eyes have seen, and our hands have touched this word. And this last verse is very key, verse 3. 
We, me, Jim, Steph, we're going to share with you when we've heard God's voice. We're telling you what we have seen and heard so you may share in this life with us. And we share in it with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That's our prayer and our hope of what you will experience tonight. Good evening. So, all right, yeah, yeah, come on. Help me out here. So John had to run and give me water earlier because one of you sucked all the moisture out of my mouth. Talk about that later. Um, you know, in the beginning of Star Wars, our fourth episode, where the scroll comes and says, in a galaxy, or a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. That's kind of what this feels like for me. Because it was back when I was 25. Seems like a long time ago. And from where I was living, and what I was doing, and the way I was acting, I'd like to think it was a galaxy far, far away. But I was 25, I had a five-year-old daughter, and my wife was pregnant with our second child. And uh, I guess my daughter came home from kindergarten and looked my wife in the eye and said, who's God? So she was in a panic trying to answer that question without a uh, formal church upbringing. And she, I guess, did her best to appease the question. And then it was decided that we had to go to church. It was very important that we were good parents and that we did good things and that we raised our kids to be good little people. So we did that. And we bounced around a few places. And then um, around the same time, I had a actually best man at my wedding, my best friend Drew, he recommitted, whatever that meant at the time, um, recommitted his life to Christ. So we tagged along with him, went a few places, and then ended up at one church and kind of hit it off with like the youth pastor. So he invited myself and Drew to help him with youth ministry, and then he that youth pastor started a Bible study, so we had a men's group, and we're singing worship songs, reading the Bible, doing Christian stuff, and um, it didn't make a dent. You know, it was, I was just showing up and going home and still doing the same old things. And uh, I fortunately had a um, when I was in grade school, like first, second, and third grade, I went to Capital Valley Christian when we first moved here. So I had this like little foundation, you know, we had chapel and whatnot. And um, then uh, also my aunt ended up marrying a pastor. So I had like some family relation to a biblical background. So I knew like Christianese really well. <clears throat> I could say the right things, and I had like really good frame of reference in the Bible. Like I would go visit her in Northern California, and I would have to go to. She worked at a Christian school, so I had to go with her to 
like all day and hang out with all the other little kids and we would run through Bible verses. So I could thumb through the Bible, I, I knew Bible verses, all that good stuff. And then um, after faking it through youth ministry, I was at work and it was actually raining here and I was in a, my service truck and I was parking and over the past weeks I had like stumbled across K-Wave and I had been listening during lunch to, um, to a pastor and just listening like every, every day. So I was sick of whatever was on the radio. And like things that I had learned started making a little more sense. And then I pulled in to park my service truck one night and it was just dumping rain. So I like kind of sat there a little longer because I didn't want to get out and walk through the yard and get wet. And it was, um, there was a pastor talking about like an experience he had while on a missions trip. And I just was like so, just, I don't know, you just spoke, like it punched me right in the chest. And I remember just started bawling my eyes out, I was sobbing. And I'm looking out the windshield, I'm like, man, you're right and I'm wrong. You know, and it just, like, I just knew, and I, that, that voice, like, there, it wasn't audible, you know, and it, but it was just reassuring. Like, it, it let me know that from that moment on, things were going to be different. And as, like, as I went, as I drove home, I remember thinking like, it's February, but this is my first Christmas. This is the first time I've accepted that gift as a savior. Thank you for sharing, that was awesome. Um, um, so this song we're gonna do, it's a slightly mixed up version of a song that, um, we all know pretty well. And I think this time of the year, you know, right after Thanksgiving and like the radio kicks on and we're, it's like Christmas song, at least for me, it's like Christmas songs round the clock. That's all we're listening to. Uh, despite my daughter's protests where no other music is played in my home. But um, something I noticed as a worship leader was that, you know, a lot of these songs lose some of their meaning. You know, the, some of these Christmas songs are some of the most beautiful worship songs that have ever been written. And uh, a lot of the lyrics are kind of getting lost in the familiarity and just the roteness of listening to them over and over again. So um, I, I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to switch things up a little bit. So um, this, is a, this is a holy night sort of switched up a little bit. Um, and hopefully there's some points at which you guys might be able to sing along, but here we go. 
So when God has um, spoken to me, he's primarily spoken through his word. Now, something you need to know, you assume that pastors hear God's voice all the time. Not the case. In fact, um, I could probably write down all the times that I know without a doubt that I specifically heard God's voice. But really all it takes is just that one time, right? But when God has spoken to me, most of the time, it's been through his word. 
Sometimes I knew it was his word, and then sometimes I found out later it was his word. When I mean his word, I mean from the Bible. And there was a time when I was young to me. Is this out? I'm telling you, this stuff only goes down. I'll show up. So I'm going to grab this other mic, and we'll just wing it from there. Of course, this is a mic that didn't work earlier, right? Green. Yeah, it's green. So one of the times was when the Lord spoke to me specifically was Romans 12 2. Um, I was in high school. I got invited to this youth group. I didn't really care about church, but I went because they were playing sports. And they um, broke us off to the side, and then um, I ended up stealing uh, one of their Bibles because that's what you do, and I read, I, started, I, I thought you start at page one, I would not recommend that, so I didn't want to do that, but then as I kept going, they pointed me to this one section, and I was reading, it's Romans 12, 2, it says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed, let your mind be transformed and renewed by his spirit, so that you may know his will, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. And it didn't feel like it did for Jim, like a, a punch in the gut, but it was one of those mental things where like, oh yeah. Like I know everything people are telling me is a bunch of baloney, except I didn't use that word. But I knew that that voice was not my voice. It wasn't someone, I knew that God was trying to tell me. I didn't know what to do with it necessarily, but I knew I was supposed to start moving in that direction. There was another time in college after I'd already made that decision to start following him and, and I thought things would work out a certain way, uh, meaning everything would go my way. So as a freshman in college, I was roaming around and things weren't going my way. It was rough. And I went up, we had bunk beds, there were four of us in one room and all the other guys were out doing whatever they were doing and I went up to the top bunk and I said, God, you ripped me off. Like, I've been following you now for like a year, and this sucks. And I, it stopped me in my tracks. And I heard God's voice. It wasn't like an audible voice that came through outside the window, but it was inside of me, but it wasn't my voice. Like, I knew it wasn't from me. And he said, are you not trying to please them or me? And he wasn't making a statement, it was a question, and I, and I realized I was following God because of what I was going to get from it. And when I wasn't getting the approval of others, then I got bummed because God wasn't doing what I thought the exchange was. I thought we had an agreement here. And that was so clarifying to me. I remember the tears just stopped. I know you're not supposed to say you're a guy and you cried, but oh, I cried. But the tears just dried up because I heard God's voice. I said, no, I want to please you. Show me how to do that. I remember, this wasn't through God's word, but I remember um, when I was dating my wife, and you get to that stage, you're like, okay, is this the time? Is that the time? She's like, oh, I didn't know. I went away for one weekend and thought God would speak, tell me exactly what to do, and he didn't. And then by the end of it, it was a, it was a very quiet, almost like a whisper. And the 
answer that God gave me wasn't an answer, but a question. It seems like God seems to also do a lot of questioning with me, as you'll hear in a second. He said, will you regret this the rest of your life if you don't ask her to marry you? So he was putting the decision on me. It wasn't like, oh, you got to marry this one. But I knew as I thought of her and our relationship, and I was thinking, there ain't too many of these around. There is no, I will regret this the rest of my life if I don't ask her. I don't know if she's going to say yes, but I will regret if I don't pursue a life with Stephanie. And the final time I want to share is more recent. A couple of years ago, actually on Christmas Eve, Eve, we were all meeting at the casino. We were not there this year um, because, well, it's Saturday night. But they didn't want to rent it to us because they may have a wedding. They're really cool with us. But So someone said, well, we got to record it. So while I'm in the hospital, uh, we thought I was recovering, and they uh, videoed the whole thing. You guys were all smiling, throwing up the thumbs up. Well, two days later, um, I headed towards a coma, and then a couple days after that, they called Steph, said, you better get the kids. It's, it's time. He's, he, 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 you need to come. So the whole family came up, and um, it's on New Year's Eve. And it was so clear to me. Stephanie says, oh, yeah, you were in a coma. They, they flipped you around and put you in these, you know, so that you couldn't be awake because they were hoping that might push you through. I said, no, I was awake. I heard you. She goes, no, no, you couldn't have. I said, on New Year's Eve, did you or did you not say, happy New Year, and started to cry and then kiss me? Yeah, I know. I was awake. And God spoke so clearly to me that night. So I, I don't know how to describe it. It was like a vision. And some of you have heard me share this story over and over again, so I, I kind of wonder if I should share or not. But it was just a picture of God's people. And in that picture, I knew how much God loved all of you, all the people in the neighborhood, all the people in this world. And his love, it was more than I thought. And I was so overwhelmed. It, it, I didn't know that he could love us that much. And then he spoke to me clearly, do you want to come home? And it wasn't a statement. It wasn't even giving me a choice. It was a question that I needed to answer. And my answer surprised me. I said, yeah, I want to stay here. I want to go home, but not yet. Because what you're showing me, I need to tell other people. I need to tell other people like this painting is trying to say how much you love us, that you came and you lived and you died. And it's not good news, it's great news. That you are not a God of guilt and shame, but you came to set us free and to give us this new life. And then this scripture came so clearly to my mind as I'm having this conversation with God, except I don't know if God came or came from my mind or my heart, but it was this, it's from Philippians. To live is Christ, and to die is gain. And as that scripture was coming over me, I went, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to stay here. I can't wait till I come home, but I'm supposed to be here. 
Because I want to live for you, Lord. Not just to do the right things, but I want people to know and see you. That it's no longer I who lives, but you. That you would show them through me, through my words, through my actions. And all of us that have heard God's voice, if you know us, you know how messed up we are. But imagine how messed up we'd be if we didn't have Christ. And so I had no fear of my failures or my humanity, but I wanted to stay because to live is Christ. My time will come and that will be gain. But for now, that's what I want to do. And so, I want you to know this clearly about God's voice. When God's voice speaks, he's going to call you to something. When that voice does speak, if you're ready to listen, if your heart's open, if you've quieted the noise around you, when he chooses, because I can't get God to speak when I want him to. He chooses when it's time. But when he speaks, he will call you to something, to do something. Are you ready for that? Do you really want to hear God's voice? Because if you do, he will speak. What we're going to do right now is, um, it's a tradition here, and it's because of God's goodness. There's a reason why at Christmas there's lights everywhere. It's from Scripture. A light has dawned. It's in Genesis. It's in 1 John. When the shepherds came, they had the star, because it symbolizes that Christ brings light into the darkness. So if you can, grab your candles. And I want to give you the heads up. Uh, we've done this every year, forever. Never had a problem, so we're looking to not have a problem. If for some reason one of you has way too much hairspray in your hair, keep the flame away from it. But we do have buckets of water. They should be in the middle, right? So we have buckets of water. Um, but I want you to stand if you could. I'm going to invite the uh, worship team up. And just one has been lit, and it's just, when it gets to you, it gets to you. And if you could, just light one other around you and just let it slowly make its way. I have been given the privilege of kind of wrapping things up tonight, and um, it is always a privilege to be able to be up front and share kind of about what the Lord's doing with me and to be able to look at all of your faces because each of you guys um, are so special to me. When I was going over the blessings of this year, um, last night with some friends, um, the number one thing was our branches family. It is just such a gift to be a part of this community and to fellowship with one another. And actually, Book kind of wanted us to really focus on that first John 1, 3. So if you could, um, or John 1, 3, could put it up there, just that one part. Um, and then I'll kind of end with that. Just kind of want you guys to look at it as I'm sharing. But, um, so I was asked to wrap it up and share a little bit of an experience of when God spoke to me. And when Boog said that, I was like, one? Um, I have been so blessed to be able to hear the Lord's voice for a, most of my life. And so when he said that, I was like, oh, I don't think I could just share one. And I only have three to five minutes. But what really came to me when he said that and what the Lord really made clear to me he was like just make sure they're listening 
I want you to share a little bit about the importance of listening and what it sounds like when I speak to you. So that when we leave today, we understand what fellowship means, what it means to be in the presence of the God of the universe and the one that will speak to you. Maybe not when you want him to, or maybe when you're begging him to, but he does and he's clear. And so the first thing I think that I say to everyone, because I'm a teacher, I always say this every day, like 50 times a day, are you listening? Are your eyes watching? Are your ears listening? Is your mouth closed? Are you sitting crisscross applesauce? I know you don't have to do that. You can do whatever you want. Are you quiet? We can't hear unless we're, we're really listening. So if you want to hear the voice, that's a really important clue. Are you listening? Recently, I was able to travel to Israel, and it was incredible. And um, before we were traveling, we did a ton of studying of the scripture, from the Old Testament all the way through to the New. And what rang really true to me was that voice of God. His voice was the beginning, and his voice will be the end. And all the way through, you see examples of God speaking to his people. And although he speaks to them in different ways, some really crazy, amazing stories that I love to tell kid ways, in some really sweet, quaint, humble ways. There's three things that he always does, and this rings true from the very beginning of time, to Moses, to Mary, to Jesus, and all the way to me. He always speaks truth. Don't be afraid. He always reminds us he's with us. He loves us. He always speaks in love. And he always gives life when he speaks. You're worthy. You can do this. I'm with you. You got this. I personally have experienced this a ton. Um, My practice of usually hearing his voice is getting into that quiet space, or sometimes it'll just happen when I'm running or in my classroom or just in the daily activities of life. Uh, but a lot of times, I find myself hearing his voice when I'm in a situation that I just can't see how I'm going to get out of it. I don't understand why I'm kind of have to walk through something I don't want to have to walk through. Um, I have to live some way that I didn't expect I would have to live. It's not going the way I want to. And I'm sitting in a position where I'm asking God why or how or what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> we all have these days, these lists of things that make us really sad or unhappy, or I call them lists of ugly. But when I get to the listening place, when I actually sit and I make sure that my ears are listening and my mouth is closed, 
<clears throat> I get to join in the presence of the God of the universe. He always meets me there. And he always reminds me, don't be afraid. I'm with you. You got this. You're worthy. And the most amazing thing about it all is that it's so living. It's so life-giving. He can take something that I just can't imagine walking through. And his voice enters in, and I, and I walk through it. And not only do I walk through it, but he turns it, and he redeems it, and he makes what I think is so ugly incredible. And so I think if I was to say one thing about God's voice and listening to it and responding to it, if you want to have life, love, and truth for all of those experiences in your list of ugly, if you want it to become something incredible, listen to it, but then do something about it. Respond, like Book said. And I think for me, I get to hear it all the time, but the response part gets really challenging sometimes. But when I remember what happens when I, when I listen and I respond well, well, the way he wants me to, I remember the beauty that has come upon all of my lists of ugly because I allowed God's voice to enter in, to be in his presence, and to experience that miracle of a living God. So Christmas for me is crazy and fun, and I love it. But the meaning of it is so much more um, than all of that. It's that I get to sit in the presence of the Lord that loves me and speaks to me and gives so much to every day because I get to hear his voice. And all of this stuff that we're doing here is because we want all of you guys to be able to experience that. To be able to hear from a living God who will give life and goodness and truth to all of our life experiences. Um, so I hope you enjoyed the voice series and um, that you walk away tonight understanding that, um, that we get to be able to hear from a living God and that we're willing to sit and listen, you're going to get some incredible life. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then um, <clears throat> I'll give you some, a list of things I have to talk about. <laughs> Father God, I thank you so much for, for your voice, for your presence in our lives. God, I praise you so much that we can go to you and that you can bring such glory to some of the ugliest of situations. And God, I pray that each one of us would walk out of here understanding that all you want for us is a life filled with love and that we're worthy of it. And that we would understand the importance of your voice in our lives. And God, that we would listen. We praise you so much for the gift of Christmas and for what you did by sending your son. 
pretty mind-blowing. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen.